Welcome back to the Fabricators Podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be meeting with Matt Garbarino with Cincinnati Incorporated. Matt is the marketing director over at Cincinnati Incorporated, and we're also going to be meeting with Bob Farrell of Farrell Marcom, who you guys should be familiar with. He's written a lot of articles that have been published in a lot of the trade magazines within the fabrication industry. Today, we're going to be discussing digital training and what Cincinnati Incorporated is doing through the COVID pandemic and what they're going to be doing as they move forward as we move to a digital revolution when it comes to training new customers and current customers on software, hardware, and machinery inside of your shop. Let's get started. So welcome back, guys, and thank you so much for joining us at the Fabricators Podcast. Today, we have Mar- Matt Garbarino uh, joining us with Cincinnati Incorporated. Uh, Matt, it's great to meet you. Matt, what is your uh, title at Cincinnati Incorporated? I'm the Director of Marketing. All right, wonderful. And, uh, and we also have Bob Farrell uh, with Farrell Marcom, who joined us last week. Um, today's topic that we're going to be discussing is remote learning. And what Cincinnati Incorporated is doing around remote learning, especially in this pandemic, and what value that they think that it brings to their customers, uh, not only their direct customers, but their um, customers in the marketplace that might be utilizing other equipment, and what they're leveraging and and pushing out um, through remote learning, not only for uh, educational purposes, but also marketing purposes when it comes to uh, some of their customers and potential customers as we move forward. I know Bob Farrell has uh, several questions that he would like to ask uh, Matt Garbarino. Um, I'm going to be hopping in here uh, from the Sectorisoft side, discussing a little bit about what we do from remote learning, um, how we position ourselves in the market space for our customers to help them increase what they could do over over the uh, uh, web to, to learn our products and other products as well. Um, and I'll discuss a little bit about our process that we have in place for remote learning as well. So, um, Bob, thank you so much. Do you want to go ahead and kick it off? And I know that you have a, a few questions for us. I do. I do. I think uh, one of the topics that could be we could get a couple of different perspectives on here is, uh, you know, when you talk about a fabricator, you're talking about training in a, in a couple of different areas. One might be software training, which uh, probably lends itself pretty well to the remote training uh, applications. Another is uh, shop floor activity. Uh, I wonder if, um, Matt, you could take a minute to kind of from Cincinnati's perspective, just outline what you're doing and how it might have changed a little bit in the last year, uh, six months to a year with regard to uh, how you're engaging your audience there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so, you know, traditional training at Cincinnati, and I think with a lot of machine tool companies, has been kind of a twofold uh, approach. It's either A, you know, we have customers that come to our facility, um, you know, and they do some in-classroom work and then, you know, hands-on work on the machine, or B, they that we send a trainer, you know, to a facility and we're on that that customer's machine. And it's a similar format where it's in classroom, you know, typically a smaller group and then on the machine. But, but there's a big um, gap between those two offerings. I mean, both are, are effective. Um, they've been in place for decades. But, but in today's society, you know, it, for, for a company to either, you know, send a group of people away for two, three, maybe four days is challenging for a company to be, you know, without that, you know, that talent for that amount of time. And in the case of a machine operator without someone running the machine. Um, and even in the case when you're hosting it uh, at, a, at a customer site where it's theirs, you know, their machine has to be um, essentially idle, you know, when, when it's being used for training purposes. So, 
um, before this pandemic happened, we started to explore, you know, ways to supplement that. And online training is is not uh, something new, uh, although it's it's something newer for Cincinnati Incorporated. We really didn't have an online offering. I mean, yeah, we had YouTube videos that had short, you know, how-to type things, but that's not true training where you're able to assess how someone is retaining the information. You're not testing them, you're not quizzing them, you're not interacting with them. So there is a place for that kind of stuff. So we had, um, you know, we had started uh, an initiative to start building some online curriculum that is interactive, that's on demand. And, you know, when you look at the audience that, that we sell to, you know, you have everybody from someone in their 20s um, that's in a class all the way to potentially someone in their 60s. And how those people um, absorb and learn information can be dramatically different. The person in their 60s might want to be in person and want, want to see that person. And, you know, when they get their certificate, they buy a frame and they stick it in their office. Whereas the 20 year old, you know, wants it on demand and do it in pieces and be at Starbucks, you know, having a latte and do it in segments. And then when they get their certificate, it's an e-certificate and they put it on Instagram. Um, so, so how they want to do the training on what time they do it and how they consume it and how they share it is dramatically different. And I think online training really helps, you know, helps supplement that so that we give the option to the customer on how do you want to do it. So that's where we're going with it. Um, I can talk a little bit about what we're seeing with the pandemic, which kind of forced our hand a little bit, if you want to transition to that. Yeah, let's get into that. Where, what have you seen along those lines? So, I mean, as with really everybody, this took us all by surprise and, and, and you know, changed dramatically the course of what we're doing. Um, our online training you know, initiatives had just you know, started before the pandemic. So certainly they weren't you know, already out there in the market or mature, they're in process. So one of the challenges we had is, you know, from my standpoint, I'm a marketing director, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly looking at how do we stay engaged to our audience, whether it's a CI customer or just somebody in the industry. And, and, and that had to change uh, with this pandemic. And so one thing that's always of value to anybody, whether they're a customer or a potential customer, is if they can learn something about you. Um, so I had worked with our training department um, back in March and said, look, you know, I would like to find a way that we can take what we've traditionally done in the classroom and really broadcast it, you know, where we can do it over a condensed amount of time, both for Cincinnati customers and have some courses that pertain just to them, but also to just a general user. Um, so what we did over the last uh, just over 60 days is we've done four, um, I'll call them broadcasted uh, classes, kind of using a webinar format, but with webcams on the machine, where it was a kind of a hybrid approach where, you know, we're presenting in a traditional web format where you share a screen, you know, with it could be a few PowerPoint slides or even a control, but then we're putting a camera in front of the machine with a trainer and we're demonstrating how to do things. And it could be something specific to Cincinnati on how to operate that machine, or it could be something more general on prevent, you know, like preventative maintenance on press brakes that anybody that has a hydraulic press brake, here's some tips that you should be aware of, um, you know, to get more uh, life out of your machine. And boy, I'll tell you, it, you know, it was overwhelmingly successful as far as, you know, the attendance, we were getting uh, registration numbers in the three to four hundreds. And then, you know, the actual attendance rate being about 60% of that, um, which is very, very good for events like that, especially when we're just marketing that to our database. And I think, I think if people see value in that, that they can learn something, I think people, a lot of them are at home or maybe their schedules have changed. So they have the time uh, to invest maybe, you know, because these classes were anywhere from two to four hours. And we did do, you know, 10 minute breaks throughout. We literally had a timer come on and say, okay, we're gonna take a 10 minute break, the timer countdown, because it's a lot of information. But we had 
great retention through those long courses where people would stay the duration of it. And, and then the surveys uh, that we had taken at the exit of them, just we got you know nine out of tens on almost everything. So it just validated to us, not only the need for online training and people would do it, but you know when you offer something to value, educational nature, you know, people will participate with it. Right. Do you have these somewhere where someone might be able to view a past uh, class that was given or, or see a schedule for what might be coming up? Yeah. So we, on our website, edasci.com, we have an events section. And on there, there's one that will, um, under events, we'll put like webinars or training sessions that are planned, which we do have some that are on there. And then we have an archived section that you can go to. And then those are really on demand. So essentially, we record those events. We place them on there and there is a registration component so we can, you know, capture the people that, that want to watch those on demand. And then all that is archived and available. So that's the neat thing about it is you get more life out of the time investment from doing a session like that, that, hey, you know, someone might have missed it. Um, or maybe they did see it and they want to see it again or they want to share it. They can go back and they can they can get access to those archive sessions and you know, see them anytime. Great. Uh, hey, Brad, from your perspective, uh, are you seeing anything different from what Matt outlined there? No, I mean, I think what's uh, funny about it is is kind of where Matt uh, began, where he was talking about, uh, where Matt, you were talking about how you're doing a lot of in-person uh, training. We actually started from the opposite side, but I think we had really similar, um, a similar situation. So we started all web-based training, but there were all sessions that were set up. So we would set up traditionally, you know, two to three one-hour training sessions on our software platform. Um, but what we found was because we were doing these online training sessions um, real time with, uh, without any kind of follow-up, so exactly where Matt kind of said where, where, you know, certification of training, testing comes into play, we were doing it ad hoc, but we had no follow-up. We had nothing that was sticky. We had no data to send back to the, to the customers. We had nothing that they could re-watch multiple times over. So while we kind of started at two different ends of the spectrum where, but both of them were real time, it seems like Matt is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but it seems like you're kind of coming over into the educational series where here's a series of processes. We're going to test you on these different processes. You're going to get certified on these processes. And even though we kind of started in person, just funny enough that it, that is opposite, but, but the same. Now we're moving to the center as well, where we're having certification programs that people can go on at their leisure, kind of like Matt said, and, and if they're on the, you know, if they're working from home, which everybody's doing right now, or as Matt also said, if you're, if you're at Starbucks grabbing a coffee, you can go through these processes, you can watch them multiple times over, but you can go in and get certified. You could test how well your, how much your, your, you know, your, your knowledge and what you've retained, and then kind of see how, um, how that all kind of shakes out at the end. And then you can go back and, and rewatch it. So yeah, it's just interesting to me that, that Matt, you know, when we first started talking, I thought it was going to be much more, you know, you were in person and we were online and we were going to be, but I think we suffered from the same thing, which was retention of data and being able to reiterate that retention of data and have uh, uh, media that we can continue to send out to our customers so that they could uh, rewatch it and, and use it ad hoc with or, um on-demand basis so just interesting but but yeah absolutely we're, we're seeing the same thing um that matt's kind of experiencing just in yeah. a different different way I, I think uh i think both of you will probably agree also that um if this had happened 20 years ago uh we might be in trouble as far as remote training goes uh i mean today at, at our disposal we have so many different platforms that support remote learning and, and communication and engagement as matt mentioned um, I think I, I, 
I'm safe in saying that once people have been exposed to these things, it's going to be hard to get them to go back to anything that might have been uh, traditional even a year ago. Not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, where do you see you see training changing from here going forward, or you see it uh, at all reverting to, no, I don't know, reverting is the right word, but at, at all kind of back to what the norm was a year ago? Well, well Matt, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, Brad, I, you know, from our standpoint, it definitely, um, you're right. Um, it, I think that it, it, it does set uh, the bar, you know, higher to, you know, for, for what people are going to expect. And it's, and look at when this all settles down, I think we can all agree and we're observing, you know, the work environments are changing. Um, and, and, you know, maybe not always by choice, but people have discovered um, there are some roles that can be done, you know, remotely or partially remotely. Maybe it's a hybrid approach. And I think training is that same way. So to give you an example, you know, a traditional, let's say, press break training class that Cincinnati would offer um, at our plant or at a customer's, it might be a three-day course. But out of those three days, one day of it uh, is hands-on. And really, the other two days are classroom. And some of it is software. We have, you know, control software, bed simulation software that, like Brad could probably attest to, when you're trying to broadcast or train on software, there's some things that are a little easier because you can you can not only show your screens easy, but you can kind of interact a little bit. People can you can see what they're doing uh, and monitor what they're doing. So it kind of lends itself. That the trick for us is that hands-on thing. But I think what 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 this showed us is that these classes we might be able to do a hybrid approach. That let's say we now offer day one and two online. So that the, the person that maybe did not want to send their, their, their um, employee to Cincinnati for three days because they just can't be gone, we now say, hey, you know, we can offer the first two days online, and now you just send your employee one day to Cincinnati. And that might change their mindset to say, you know what, that I can do because the two days we can do on demand, we can do it on our time, and we can accomplish that. And then the coursework that we need to do that's hands-on, we can schedule that because we're not having the time, of, you know, allotment that's gone from that person for three days. It's one day. And worst case scenario, let's say they didn't do that one day. I mean, they still are getting two days of, of, of some training that they weren't even getting at all. It's not an all or nothing. So for us, it's opened up our eyes to say it doesn't all have to be online. I mean, definitely there's courses that, you know, that we're, we have an initiative. We're doing that. But I think the hybrid approach can work as well. Where we still we need to have that hands-on. That's the, one of the differences with the machine versus software. I mean, they're both hands-on, but the machine's different from the standpoint of how that hands-on happens. But we can do it both ways. And even if it's where they do the partial part online and that the hands-on's at their facility, again, it's maybe one day versus three days of tying up uh, people. It, it makes it easier for our trainer to be gone for a day. We can use them and leverage their um, their availability much more. So. That's to me, regardless of uh, what anything happens, is that you know we see it not only just this is the demand, but it's actually going to help us uh, from the standpoint of our resources. And at the end of the day, we want to make sure people are using our machine, you know, machinery as optimally as possible. Yeah, uh, you know, the same thing to to that point, Matt. I think one of the biggest things that we found over this transition as well is we used to do something really similarly where we would have again those on-demand type sessions. We would be a one-on-one -on -one with the trainer, but then what we would do is uh, it would get to a point where you would have to make the transition from I'm training to in production, right? And so what we would do is we would send somebody on site or, or try to watch over. One of the big things that we've implemented here lately is the idea of, uh, for better lack of words, we call it homework, but I don't know what it's called, but hey, 
go out there, uh, you know, run this thing through. We have estimating software. So run this thing through an estimate, send the estimate back to us. We'll see how accurate you are. Um, are you guys seeing anything like that as well, where you guys are coming up with, I know that you talked a little bit about certification programs, but like, what does that certification program look like? Or do you have any kind of, you know, simulations that, that customers can run through themselves on something like a press break or laser or? Yeah, I mean, to get that certificate, you know, that certificate, that Cincinnati certificate that certifies that you completed successfully the course, to get that, it, it, it's, it, it, the key part of that is that we're measuring and testing that, that, that trainer, or that trainee, I'm sorry, along the way. Um, so it's not like you just attended and then you get the certificate, right? So there's not per se homework or anything like that. But, but what we are doing is while we're there, there's, a, there's not only the interaction, but there's this testing and you have to complete each step to get to the final, including bending apart on the press break yourself. And yeah. so that's how you get that. And one of the interesting things that I observed the last 60 days when we did you know, the broadcasted training, which was kind of a webinar format. I mean, you guys have done webinars before, right? And so you, know, you do, let's just say it's a 45 minute webinar, you have an intro, you have PowerPoint slides, you might throw some uh, polling questions out there, you might play a video, and all, but and there's a little interaction there, so people aren't, you know, they're engaged a little bit, but but you're not really, you don't have the interaction to the point where you're getting people talking to you and you're talking back. So what we what we evolved, even in those four classes, is that after every break, every uh, 50 minutes to an hour class, we were looking at the Q&A and we were opening up the mic, if you will, live with those questions and we were allotting a block of time to say you know what we're going to do we just covered this much material and although we can't test you on it and certify you to this next step because the way we're doing this right now what we can do is um, answer your questions and then maybe demonstrate or or kind of go through and ask you questions back like hey you know if we okay you ask this question we're going to ask it back does that let's see if you understand what we're saying and we did a little of that interaction for 10-15 minutes after each of those breaks Boy, and I'll tell you what, that I think made the world a difference compared to like a webinar, right? You, you don't really do, usually yeah. you don't do that because um, it kept people just not only engaged, but but they're, it's specific to what they're asking. It's specific to what their needs are and what they're trying to understand, not just us explaining it, but we're asking the question back and asking you to respond to it. A little bit puts you on the spot. So I, I mean, it just shows that you got to have that for someone to pass each level I and mean, you got to have that interaction but that that assessment that test so that you know that they're you know ready to move to the next level and ultimately get a certificate yeah yeah no that's a great idea having that q a session open up at the end i yeah. like that a lot uh, hey let's uh let's assume that there's someone listening who um manages or owns a, a fab shop and they've been taking kind of a wait to see a, approach to this whole COVID thing and now they're maybe coming to realize that gee i need to jump in on this uh on this bandwagon of uh, remote training, how would you recommend someone get started? What, what do they need to look at? What might they need to have on their end to, uh, based on your experience, to make this effective? Yeah, I, I can go ahead. You know, uh, from our perspective, I mean, I, I think it's just a, a a change of mindset. Really, is is the digital approach. I mean, still, you know, some individuals, some organizations, they still want us to come on on site and still want to train, but. I think, you know, if you're, you're sitting in your uh, a business owner or a job shop owner and you're looking at just the effectiveness and the efficiency, kind of Matt has brought up a few times of, hey, you don't have to take an entire day, two, three days, fly a guy somewhere to sit down and start training. What we need to have for an effective training is, um, you know, really it's, it's, I mean, Bob, it's not, not a huge lift. You know, you need to have – 
uh, a good pair of headphones, you know, to be able to, to listen, a, a solid PC, and really a webcam to be able to learn. And, and to make sure that you set so, uh, time aside and make sure that uh, really if you're a business owner, you have to take that training just as serious as you sending somebody to somewhere, right? Uh, so a lot of times what we find in our uh, – uh, when we first started, this is this is kind of uh, starting to slow down a little bit because of so many people are working from home and they understand, uh, you know, the digital trend and, and the change of needs inside of an organization. But what we found before was we would sign up for a customer to to begin training on our software, and five minutes before the training would begin, they would have to reschedule. You know, when it's online, that's extremely easy to do, and it's extremely easy to go into your uh, your estimator and say, hey, I know that you have training on you know that product today. But rather than doing that, we're going to pull you aside and you have to work on this project. So I think from, uh, from a job shop or a operations manager, this training is just as important as any other training, whether they're sitting at their desktop, whether they're sitting at their laptop going through a training, training process, or they're on-prem. And I think that if you're going to try to increase the throughput of your shop where in, in the, the position that you're training, you have to allocate them time to go through and, and take this just as serious as they were in a training course on-prem somewhere outside of the, you know, outside of the shop. So I think it's less of, um, you know, uh, getting ready from a technological standpoint. And I think it's more getting ready from a mental standpoint and, and understanding those. Um, you have to allow them the time to, to train and take it just as serious. That's what I'm saying. Matt, what do you? Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Brad. The, 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 the nice thing is, is that the tools to create training materials are readily available and not very expensive. And I think for someone, Bob, to your point, you know, how, how can someone get started with it? Well, first of all, where are you at right now? You know, where are you at now? Where do you want to go? If you have nothing, you know, you have a spectrum of options. You have on one side, you, you can create, you know, maybe short how-to videos. You know, that's not interactive and all that, but they're helpful. I mean, I've, you know, I've gone on YouTube and looked at how to do something on my car or do something on my boat, right? I mean, they are helpful. You can learn from it. So creating, you know, from one night side of the spectrum where maybe you start creating a library of videos, that's easy to do. It's inexpensive to do. You, you have to just have the knowledge to do it. And then the commitment, like Brad's saying, you got to commit yourself that you're going to do these and what are you trying to accomplish and then make those available. And then kind of in the middle of the spectrum, you can kind of up it a little bit. And, you know, there's platforms like Zoom and GoToMeeting. And, you know, we call them webinars, web meetings, but basically it's just a way to broadcast a message. So if you choose to use training as that method and you want to broadcast a live training session, um, again, you got to, it's not expensive to do that. Those platforms are inexpensive and the tools to use, you know, headphones and mics and all that. Um, you got to have the subject matter expert. Someone knows what they're talking about. And then you got to organize a plan of action. What are you trying to accomplish in that? And that I think is really the time commitment there. It's not the money, it's your, your time commitment into developing a training course or presentation that you feel is effective, but it's not a cost thing. That's in the middle of the spectrum. Then on the ultimate is you have, you know, a learning management system platform, interactive training and all that, where that's, that's all the way to the ideal side where you, you know, you have a true online training system, but it covers a huge spectrum. I think the biggest thing is get started somewhere based on where you're at, you know, and based on where you're at. And if it's nowhere, you got nowhere to go, but up. So start simple. Um, you know, map out a plan, find where the highest need is, where you get the most questions and, 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 you know, start, start answering those and recording those, if you will, and make those available to people. And I think once you start that momentum, it's kind of like with social media posting, you know, once you get in a rhythm of doing things and communicating, you just got to stick with it, and keep building on it. You'd be surprised at how far you can get. Great. Good advice. 
Uh, I, that about wraps it up for what I had in mind to uh, touch on today. Is there anything that we did not uh, talk about that you think is important? No, I think from my perspective, you know, we covered quite a bit. Matt, I mean, you know, you have a lot of experience in this, and it's uh, it's amazing to to have you join us and just hear you talk uh, and hear about the transition that you guys are going through. It's it's awesome. So I just want to say thank you so much, and then also uh, just yeah, thank you for for being on here. And it's uh, uh, great to to learn from you. I know that you've been in the industry for a while, and and to hear uh, the other thing is is it sounds like you guys at uh, Cincinnati Inc. are, are so. Um, open to to train and looking and uh, looking forward and, and being you know uh, revolutionary or you know revolutionizing not only your your products but also the way that you're bringing products and the way that you're training customers. Uh, pretty awesome. So I just want to say thank you so much. No, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. I I you know the one thing that that, that we have found in our and I probably is true in most industries and before pandemic. Um, I don't know if that's BP or, you know, we got to have terms, you know, for before pandemic, after pandemic, yeah. but training and finding people that are trained has been one of the biggest efficiencies of feedback we get in our industry from everywhere. Any customer we go to, trying to find someone that has the training or the skill set, um, you know, for what, you know, what we offer, it's, it, there's a void. So it, there's almost unanimously out there, there's a void in training. So anybody that's putting the effort into building training on their products or things more general to the industry, it's going to be well received because it, it, it's a constant thing that's echoed in the industry that there's just not enough resources uh, or the people that and or the people that they're dealing with just don't have the, the basics for training. So I, I think there, it's a win-win situation to just spend the time in it. Good, good things can happen from it. Great. I think, uh, you know, I, I think I speak for Brad as well when I, when I say that, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to have an equipment uh, OEM, uh, to, to talk to a little bit on these podcasts and hopefully we can get you back on to uh, address some of the shop floor equipment issues that fabricators may run into from time to time, or even talk a little bit about what Cincinnati's got coming up from a product perspective. Yeah, I guess to that, per, you know, that point, Matt, is there anything um, that you guys are, are coming up with from, uh, uh, from a training perspective or anything that you want to talk about or, or just where customers can kind of find your information? Yeah, I just, you know, I think on our, you know, if you're in, in our industry, whether you're a Cincinnati customer or not, you know, a lot of what we try to do is provide events, um, in, whether it's training or just webinars that, that are not specific to, to Cincinnati. So you can go to our website, edsci.com, go to our event section. We do a lot of, we call them virtual demos where we're, we're, we're broadcasting, you know, advanced application stuff, whether it's laser cutting, press break bending, additive manufacturing, we're doing stuff like the fundamentals of 3D printing, you know, people that don't understand how you design. So we're trying to do a lot of topics and stuff that, that are educational in nature. It may not be training, but you're learning something you probably didn't know and it's not specific to, to, to our product. Um, so yeah, we, I always welcome people to check this out and we, I love to get input on what people want to learn about or what we can be doing better. So I, I welcome anyone to reach out to us. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for joining us here. Um, and we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brad. All righty. Thanks, Matt.